Ready? Uh-huh. I guess. Attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about a comic's shocking behavior towards a former first lady just so he could promote his new movie are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Zach Galifianakis? I'd love to meet the person who makes your pantsuits. Oh, really? Yeah, because for Halloween, I wanted to go as a librarian from outer space. Now, I have a question. And I don't know if I'm necessarily... Uh, All I know is this man has just gotten back after two weeks of being away, and it's right here. <laughs> it's right in the pocket. Bart's back. <laughs> Boom! Uh, I have yeah. not been sitting on this one. This is a new question. Oh, okay. all right. Um, and I don't think I'm giving anything away about me when I say that I'm not a Hillary supporter. Uh, so as a non-Hillary supporter, mm-hmm. uh, did you, or as Hillary supporters that you, I suppose, are, did you find that as funny as I did? Because that, that's I hilarious. Thought it was oh, uh, yeah. Friggin it hilarious. only rivaled by the Obama one. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a more of an Obama fan than Hillary fan. And the Obama one, too, he just nails every one of these between two ferns. Oh, Top to bottom. Funny, and, funny, and he funny. he also lets them get their moments, too. He just doesn't make... I guess the reason they're willing to do it is because he does let them zing him back, yeah. which is really fun to watch. I can only imagine what the... Pre-talks in that were about were all about. I mean, how much handling was done? I think she's a very delicate human being. I honestly believe there's a lot of like propping up of this human. So I don't know what. How do you bring her into between two ferns and let Zach just go after her? I apparently, like that, it went really well. You know exactly. Do yeah. they do? Do they do like give the script over and do you have to approve the script? Because some of those were oh, hilariously absolutely. yeah hilariously mean. Mm-hmm. Hol- like the secretary. Yeah. Well, what do you ask Obama? Uh-huh. Uh, president Obama, what's it like to be the last black president? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah, um, you know, well, yeah, well, just, uh, that's got to be approved. The uh, gosh, I don't know. The handlers are probably having a fit. I wonder how much the actual person he's dealing with gets to make that decision because there's a lot of things that Obama does. That I don't think that his handlers, if they were allowed to be involved, would let that happen. He seems to be. Easy going with that kind of stuff, like okay, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. I think Between Two Ferns is a highly written show. Of course, yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying, even to be allowed to write that joke. Yeah, exactly. There were some yeah. jokes oh, yeah, that he absolutely. had for her that I thought, how did they approve that joke? Yeah, good on them. You know, yeah, it's, a, it's it's everyone who does the correspondence dinner <laughs> came in and said, <laughs> we got this. Let us. But do good the on the people. I've got to say, there's a lot of celebrities who aren't as powerful as these people. Who would cry like a big yeah. bitch and wouldn't do that and be like, I can't possibly have them make fun of me. And you have President Obama having someone say that to him and be like, all right. That's really, it shows a lot about those people. Do you think Donald Trump will do it? No. Uh, no, I think he will. He would, wouldn't he? I think he would. You it, think he would? He well, on SNL. I don't know. He's thin-skinned. That dude is thin. You think? Oh, oh I think he'd yes. find it funny. Yeah. He is. I mean, you, you say anything about him, oh, and then it's 20 minutes of but talking about But he's him. always busy making jokes about other people. I think he'd have a chance to finally get away with it. He's still going on about Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, that was dear. like five years ago. <laughs> I think he must have a thing for her, because he does pay a lot of attention to He really to her. can't let it go. He really has. Yeah. A, like, can't we all go. have those people who can't let her. it go. Yeah. But that's usually because I like that person. Well, that's a funny a bit to begin with because it is Zach Galifianakis week. It is. You'll find out more as we yes, go along. Yes, very important. He, Welcome. You know what? Yes. He just oh. might be very funny. 
<laughs> I have a feeling you're going to chime in today on what you think might be funny. Throughout <laughs> the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, He's been waiting up for two weeks to tell us what's funny. If you don't mind, I, I just might do that. You All know right. what? Also, for people who might be not watching, um, I want to let you know that Bart is kind of in a power position right now. He's got the entire side of the table to himself. It was weird And I, I feel down. like I'm a guest on his show. I, I thought, <laughs> honestly, I thought about moving over to the side just because now it feels like my yeah. show. It's not like... Paul, Karen, thanks for joining me tonight. <laughs> Fine, sure, why not? It's Bart between two Prestons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, welcome to... When uh, in the Valley. Right, right, when in the Valley. Welcome That's to Between awesome. Two Prestons, part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. I believe this night holds for each and every one of us yes. the very meaning of our lives. Oh, Lord. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week. With rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, banter, special guests, and more jam-packed show every week. You can expect that in the next 90 minutes or so as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club in balmy San Fernando Valley. In the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. Every week we bring you a brand new show, absolutely. Paul, you know, I usually uh, like to pass the hat. Right. Because I don't think I'm the only one that should be paying for the show. But I noticed that Adam's not here, so the funding might be a little light. When I pass the hat around, because not everyone's here to contribute. I'm not going to pay for this. I'm cost. not paying for this. Well, no, but there's a reason. Wait, what? Oh. It's free. Oh! Yeah, then give me my hat back. So nice to have you free. back. I was on the spot the last two weeks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I had to figure out what that joke was going to be. <laughs> I didn't remember the one time I forgot it was happening. I remember I washed my pants until and I, left money in them. Uh, until I was being stared at by Paul, I went, oh, ha. Huh. That's happening. Well, speaking of free, you can also follow us on social media at The Movie Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please get interactive. Uh, get on there and yell at us about stuff. Basically, search The Movie Guys on Bing, Yahoo, or Google. Google. And we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. I don't mean to debarge in. And Bart Caius. I don't know. I'm more of a fly-by-my-seat-of-a-pants girl. I this believe week, that. I, I totally do. This week, Adam is out sweating in the quiet corners of an editor's closet working on something. We'll all be together again sometime soon, but as always, we bring you a special guest. Ooh, Later in the show, we'll be yes. talking to a friend of the show cast who has a new short film, That's Opportunity Knocking. If you're watching the video, that's the poster over there in the corner. Stephen Foster will be Yay! here. And he'll uh, regale us with stories from the road getting out there and promoting your movie on the film festival circuit. And we'll get to the bottom of all that. Before we talk to Stephen, however, we begin with... Three. <laughs> he zings away. Hey, hello, everybody. <laughs> is Steven in the movie? Yeah, he's, he's right there holding the lamb or something. Oh, sort of that's him? Animal. Yeah. yeah. He, he's not as clean cut as you normally see him. Exactly. He's a pretty raggedy character in that movie. Yeah, he looked yeah. very. Fr- I, I thought that might have been him, and I thought, ah, that guy's too frumpy. Steven's usually he's the more put together. Put together. Yeah. No, he's Oh, he came in the show today. He had a vest. No one wears a vest on this show. Yeah, he had not showered. It was nice. Yeah. Mm. So obviously, you can tell we recorded to talk to him earlier. So. <laughs> uh, but right now. Three new films as yes. Hollywood churns out a couple of, uh, or a trio of films that really could have and probably should have been released in the summer and become big blockbusters. I mean, any other decade, I yeah. think these movies would have been blockbuster summer movies. But uh, now they've been relegated to September. First up is a new Tim Burton film, Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Paul. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Also, Deepwater Horizon from Peter Berg, director of The Kingdom and Lone Survivor, as opposed to Peter Berg, director of Battleship and Hancock. And later in the show, Mastermind. Ugh. Another movie based on a board game? No, Karen, I think that... Yeah, there it is. My name is David Gant. I always felt I was destined for a life of adventure. It didn't quite pan out that way. There he is, the man of your dreams. 
It's like you're marrying both of us, David. Me and Mama. Bad wow. marriage. Uh, unfulfilling job. As so, I said, he might be very funny. He might be very funny. He has uh, funny hair in this. <clears throat> and it might be his. I don't, <laughs> and I'm not sure if his trick is going to wear thin, but most of his trick is his voice, right? That kind of hillbilly twang that he does. Because he did it in Buckets. Did you ever watch Buckets? I never watched it. No, that. Yeah. I didn't see that. He kind of always brings the confidence and attitude only to have it pulled out from under yeah. a lot of the time, yeah. which I think is funny. So I'm actually very much looking forward to this movie. It looks completely hilarious. Yeah, it took a year to come out. Like, oh, really? It's been uh, sitting you know, around I think, somewhere? I think it was a 15 movie, yeah. Hmm. But um, but it's certainly packed with big names you should get in summer movies. So I don't know why it's not. So I don't I, know if that's a sign of low confidence. I don't know. But I, I, hope, know. I hope for the best. And, well, we'll talk about it later. Somebody remind me. To talk about to the talk movie about later? To talk about this movie later. Yeah, I'll get right I'll bring, it, I'll bring up the movie later. <laughs> we'll bring it up just so that you can talk about it, because that's a good idea. Because there's something that happens in this movie that yes. is is feels like it's referential to real life, and I want a discussion on whether or not we think this was put in. But now, actually, know what? Your answer... Oh, my gosh. What your is answer, happening? Your, your comment that this movie is <laughs> right, that ahead. old... What is it? Here it comes. Should we wait? Go ahead. No, should, go ahead. no, we should probably do the morning zoo bit where we talk about the thing. Oh that we're yeah. Talk oh about. yeah. Let's tease like, it. I don't let's know. tease it. I don't you know, know what? After the next break, we'll talk about it some and then more. Then we'll do the giveaway. Then, then we'll uh, talk about one it. One NFL player is leaving the league because of a major drug scandal. We'll have that for you after the break. <laughs> 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 so you want to do it now or later? We'll do it later. Later. Okay. Because do our it, first film. Do it live. We'll this it is live. based on the children's book that won the 2011 Literary Award for Britishest Title. I think I got it right now, Bart. Yep. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, I love Miss Movies. I love Miss Congeniality, Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day, Mississippi Burning... Maybe Bart should help me with this one. All right, here we go. Peculiar. Peculiar. Tim Burton brings us the latest installment of his ongoing anthology with Nobody Understands Me, Part 20. There you go. Based on the worldwide best-selling novel, oh, it's a book. Mm-hmm. Ah. Well, that explains why I've never heard of it. And that explains why it's now officially a movie. Oh, wait, Paul. It, it, sure, it's, it's based on a book. But nowadays, you need more than that to be a movie. You need to have a popular song that has been creepified by having some child sing it very slowly and slightly off-key. Oh, ye of little faith. It's a movie, isn't it? There you go. They're leading with oh, it right no, there in okay. the trailer. So it is a movie. You're right. Congratulations. In a story that no doubt plays out as Tim Burton's autobiography, our lead character, Jacob, discovers a world that seems to straddle both time and space, where he meets Emma, who shows him a magical place and shares with him her secret. Eh, it's my peculiarity. If I show you the rest, you have to promise not to run away. Yes, sounds like every date I've ever had. Oh my God, that sounds so amazingly dirty when you put it like that. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I have something peculiar. When I show it, you can't run away. Holy cow! Well, Emma says that her power is that she can suck all of the air out of a room. <laughs> <laughs> Might not want to brag about that. <laughs> Emma and her friends Horace, Fiona, Hugh, Claire. Claire? Claire, it's a family name. Oh, it's a Olive and Enoch. <laughs> live with Miss Peregrine at a special home for unique children. We're what's known in common parlance as peculiar. 
right, peculiar. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, is that really what we're calling them now? Look, I get it. The R word is a little harsh and outdated, and special is, well, it's just a stupid way to describe anybody. But come on, peculiar? Is that really a fitting way to describe these children? I mean, my mailman, he wears a dickie. That's peculiar. <laughs> That's peculiar. Wait, Bart, I think you're confused. I'll say. No, these kids aren't mentally challenged. They have special powers. Oh, then why aren't they called superheroes? Yeah. Okay, shh. No, no, no. Don't give that away. Oh. If people realize that this is just another superhero movie disguised as a children's movie, they might not want to go see it. Huh? Wait, wait. Wait, I have what? that backwards. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this gives me an idea. Kids, have you heard about the new superhero movie where all the superheroes are kids? The school contains all manner of characters who dress like Tim Burton thinks. Because our abilities don't fit in the outside world. We live in places like this. Where no one can find us. Now you see, that's what we call in the movie making business foreshadowing. Oh. Mrs. Peregrine's, uh, or Ms. Peregrine, I called her Miss, I got her married somehow. <laughs> You've even written Mrs. Mrs. Peregrine's on the movie script. of obvious plot predictability seems to play out just as you might suspect. Now, after discovering this magical place and these peculiar children, Jake soon comes to realize that he, too, might be peculiar. Oh, no kidding. And that his own special peculiarity is the only thing that can save his new friends from certain destruction. Hmm. That peculiarity, of course, being his ability to stumble upon a clandestine group of children endowed with unusual abilities who live in a parallel universe. Look, if movies didn't liberally employ the element of convenience, then Indiana Jones would never have gotten out ahead of that boulder. Look, I'm just saying, people, you need to work with me on this. The look of this movie has Tim Burton all over it. I mean, it feels like Miss Peregrine's home is in Wonderland. The blonde girl in this also looks like Alice, but it's not. It's Emma Bloom, who has the power of air and can float. So where you have to be high to watch Alice, here you can watch Emma get high. (laughs) (laughs) Burton does indeed have a signature style. While most filmmakers make all kinds of movies, Tim Burton only makes Tim Burton movies. Here he talks about his process. Stop, Paul, stop that. Oh my Especially gosh, creepy in headphones. It's really creepy in your headphones because it feels like he's blowing in your ears. Was that him? No, I don't know. Oh, yeah. what the heck was well, that? Well, because I've, well been. I've uh, been to his art exhibit. I know he does uh, art. <laughs> it really was crazy, my earphones. That's amazing. That went along, on just long enough. Two <laughs> Wild with excitement over Helena Bonham Carter's divorce from Tim Burton, Eva Green gets a chance to play Miss Peregrine. Her peculiar power is that she abandons children by flying away. Look after them, Jake. I promise. She takes off. I you, noticed that too. Dude, She's like, you know what? Look You're in them. charge. I'm out of Look here. Look after them. Gotta go. I I babysat once. And if I could have flown away from there, <laughs> I totally would have been sick. I called my friend Cindy and I'm like, please come do this. That's hilarious. I hated it. it Asa awful. Butterfield plays Jacob. Or Jake, as half of the websites about this movie call him. The other half go with Jacob. And you know what? I'm going to stick with Jacob. His mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. (laughs) Hey, Paul, this movie stars Asa Butterfield. Uh Uh-oh. Who? Asa Butterfield. Oh, I know what that means. (laughs) Peculiar children. Just the kind of unusual personality that makes heroes on the gridiron. (laughs) Today, we recognize the names of those who excel in greatness and perform outstandingly in the field of the impossible. 
Your Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children starting lineup. Asa Butterfield. Chris O'Dowd. Terrence Stamp. Olan Jones. Jack Brady. You know what, Paul? I think that the music switched from NFL films to the score from Beetlejuice and we never even noticed. <laughs> They are similar. <laughs> I didn't know. You didn't know oh, yeah? this. That's all. Right. All right. By the way, you know uh, they are similar, but the Beetlejuice score is a great way to introduce the characters of a Tim Burton. Oh, oh that's a great idea. Give that a shot. <laughs> Alma Lafay Peregrine, Brown Wind Bruntley, Horace Sumnusum, Miss Glassbill, Mother Dust. Again. <laughs> Sometimes can't. Know. I'm gonna have to go back and watch Beetlejuice because I wonder if it happens in that movie too. It All right, here might. We go. Sean Thomas. Brandenburg. Scott Handy. <laughs> it's almost the same key. Rick <sighs> Petter. Ricky Pickering. <laughs> Olive Abroholos Elefanta. The Bone Brothers. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Jack Fibkins. Roddy Beckmemetov. Perplexus Animalis. Harry Walter Fibley Gibbs. Wait, are we doing actors or characters now? <laughs> Tell the truth, I've lost track of oh, what yeah. I'm doing. You know, that may happen in the movie, oh. too. <laughs> Let's just wrap it up by saying okay. Doug Jones should probably be in here somewhere. Right? right? Oh, my God. This character's home for Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, that reminded me. Oh, yes. That... Um, I've always thought, I'm going to try to explain this because it's kind of convoluted. Yeah, I, let me get my fan. I right. didn't know who Doug Jones was until we had him on the show. Mm-hmm. But I guess you kind of know of Doug Jones, even though you don't know who it is. Right? I mean, you've seen him. Oh, I've seen him, but I didn't know what I was looking at. Him, exactly. Yeah. I feel like Doug Jones should have been a character, or at least I thought he was a character before I knew he existed, even, in the cantina scene in Star Wars. There is a really tall, lanky guy smoking kind of like a, a filtered cigarette. Yeah, I know who you're talking yeah. about. And now that I see him, I'm like, how is that not Doug Jones? He was that, probably 10. Yeah, he might have been 10. Oh, that's true. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's not that old. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. No, that's I totally mean, So you know who I'm thinking of? But he, any, mm-hmm. any fantasy movie, he, he could be in it. Yeah, he should This be. movie, you definitely see a dude coming at the kids who I thought it was Doug Jones, and we scoured IMDb, and it, it didn't not, say it. No. Boy, a lot of people worked on that movie. Holy moly. Hey, here's that song. I have questions about this one. Yeah, me too. Now it's Simone. What's her name? Um, This is Mama Cass. This is Mama Cass. It's the original. I liked this new version way better. That girl's got a gorgeous voice. What's her name? Simone did it. Um, Nina Simone? Nina Simone did it as well. I love this girl's voice. It's so pretty. That around is really well done. You got to make it creepy. They love it. It's Hollywood's favorite thing. The cool thing about this one, though, is she is in pitch and, and that kind of thing. Sometimes they make it creepy and they make it kind of sharp or flat. She's a really good singer, whoever that is. I, it took me a while to figure out whether or not it had been creepified. Yeah. Because everything <laughs> you look up on the internet yeah. comes up with that kind of version of it. And then I found Eva Simone. Eva Simone? Eva Simone. Nina. Is, hers, Nina. is Nina's good? Nina Simone is a little creepy, too. It's a uh-huh. slow, drawn yeah, I can imagine it's smoky, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, l- I like this version better than Mama Cass's. I never really paid much attention to Mama Cass. And when I listened to this, I got into this weird wormhole where I just kept listening to Mama Cass going, What? 
I thought maybe she needs to sing with the other people in her group, but when she's alone, boy, Mama Cass? did nothing for me. I didn't think she was as big of a thing as... Did she have a group? What was her group? Mama Cass? Yeah, they sang the Mamas, Mamas and the Papas. Papas. Yeah. But when they got together, the harmony was amazing, but on her own, she's just brassy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like most people, you know you know of Mama Cass and maybe even the Carpenters and maybe even Janis Joplin. Because of Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Hey! <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea who Mama Cass is except for she was in an episode of Scooby Doo. <laughs> I just thought it was neat that the uh, creepified version from a movie is better than the original, because uh, I can't say that about some of the other ones. Yeah, no, certainly not. No, no. Uh, I have little to no interest in this movie. I think I'll see everything. Tim oh, Burton I'll does. see. It'll be fun. Yeah. I'll see it closer to Halloween. You know, it I seems look, like a Halloween. I movie. look closer to his IMDb, and I realize I probably only like about half of his stuff. Yeah, but I'll see everything. Did you like uh, what was the pet one? I can't remember anything today. The, do- the, the, the animated dog movie. Oh, uh, Frankenweenie? Frankenweenie. I don't remember it. I thought it was no, pretty good. I don't good. remember it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I enjoyed it. I like uh, Sweeney I mean, Todd. He directed that, right? Yep, he did. Mm-hmm, I, did Wood, like, I like that. Oh, course, yeah. Uh, Edward Scissorhands and Batman. Yep. But um, then you get into like Alice in Wonderland. Not no. really my thing. Um, Dark there, Shadows, meh. There might be a twist to this movie. I don't. Uh, I know. Spoiler free. What? Zone. But I read a couple of synopsis where maybe Jake isn't the good guy. Oh, that'd be awesome. Maybe he's maybe he's a bad guy. Really? That's the impression I got from a couple of the... Well, he did look up that girl's skirt when she was floating up to save that squirrel. I didn't catch that. I caught that. Um, we all were. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to go see the movie. <laughs> and we, I think it was just last week we were saying, where's Rupert Everett been? He's in this. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was Ace Butterfield. singing last week is what he was doing. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize Ace of Butterfield was in Ender's Game and this. Well. Yeah. And isn't he really young in this in movie? He's really young yeah. in this movie. It's crazy. And so how old young was he <laughs> two years ago? super young. What was funny is Paul and I were watching it. And how I, much younger was he two years ago? Well, that's what I want to know. <laughs> Math is hard. Uh, I was watching it and I thought he looked like a young... Oh, shoot. Uh... Well, I know what you, you thought. Uh, I don't know who you, I can't remember who you thought, but I think he looked like a young Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, and I was thinking he looked like another young, handsome actor boy. So he just looks like a young, handsome, fancy actor boy. A young Brad Pitt is what he I thought he looked Hugo, like. said Hugo, right? Hugo was his thing, too, right? Wasn't oh, it oh yes. I didn't like that one with the uh, clocks The clock and, stuff? and the watch uh, uh, the toy no. maker at the mall or whatever. I don't need clocks, um, toy maker people. Something else maybe. happened when I was researching yes. this movie. Uh-oh. I came across a couple of trailers, as yes. often is the case. And the, the clip, the drop that we played where she says, um, air is my peculiarity. Yeah. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, 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 yeah, I don't uh, know what uh, is. my is. peculiarity. Um, Speaking is my peculiarity. <laughs> tonight for it's me is my problem. Um, there's two scenes. There's two separate scenes in which she says that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You, you'll, you'll well, s- that happens a lot. You, oh, there's whole footage and whole scenes one. of trailers that just aren't in movies. I've seen scenes in trailers that in the movie are a different camera angle. So, you what? know, they make, wow. they make changes. Okay, I'd never. I have. I have seen tra- uh, scenes in trailers that have never been in the movie, but I've never seen a scene in the trailer that is two different scenes with the same dialogue. Yeah, wow. Huh. They'll pick one. Yeah, you know, probably in hopefully. the end. <laughs> one suited the trailer better. <laughs> they pick none of them. They just show the trailer and say, "There you go." They picked them both, and they're both in the movie. Yeah, because we get so used to seeing shots watching the trailers for the show yeah. that you know when we go in and we hear the line of dialogue, but it's not accompanied by the same shot. It's a different angle or something. Yeah, you go, "Whoa, what?" So whoa, should whoa, we what? talk about the story of this movie? What, what, what now? No. Okay. What do you mean? It no, felt like I we were moving on. I don't quite get it. 
I don't get Yeah, we were oh, watching the know. whole thing about making time stop and all yeah, that. I, and I wasn't quite sure what that was. Which is okay. I would like a little mystery left for the movie and then explain it when I get there. But it just sounds like that's unnecessary. The the plot is there's these kids that are being sheltered away and something's coming to get them done. But on top of that, there's a time loop that lets them live in the same day over and over. And if that doesn't ha- it just seems... If that doesn't happen, they get bombed by Nazis, apparently. Exactly. That was creepy. Every day oh, you yeah, have to put on a gas mask and watch bombs coming at Wait, you? I thought you were making a joke. That happened in the trailer? I oh, it's in the that. trailer. Yeah. They yeah. slow down time as soon as a bomb's about to hit something. I, I don't Somehow know. Somehow they save They'll themselves. It all. They're standing there in gas masks and the Nazis are bombing them. No, they won't, Paul. Or we got two other movies. Oh, I was going to say. They won't one, explain it all. That's I've, the problem. One last thing I wanted to yeah. say is um, I finally realized today when I was watching this, we always talk about how the um, teen movies are all about how everybody hates teenagers and they are all these young adult literature and this kind of thing. And this movie's all about how kids have special powers and everything's based on a book these days. And it seems like every book is about teenagers and kids. Everyone hating them, and I finally realized it's because the only people that read are kids. So everything's based on a book. It's usually books that kids read because kids are the ones reading because they have to. And they have time. And they have time. Yeah. So a kid wants to read about himself because they're narcissists. Because who isn't? <laughs> so all of these books, if they gave a bunch of kids books by John Clancy or Tom Clancy, then they wouldn't want to read about. World War Two. They're gonna want to read about kids who can fly, and so that's why we get stuck with these movies. It's you're, a long thing. You're giving me hope for the future <laughs> because kids are reading. Kids are reading. <laughs> <laughs> that's a side effect. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I don't think we have like you know a lot of movies coming out about Bridget Jones because not everybody's reading Edge of Reason. So was it a book? Yeah, it was a oh, book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, Wait, here it comes. <laughs> yes, it was. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's wait, get to everybody. our next film. Uh, as if this election season wasn't enough to make you weep for the future of humanity, outside of kids reading. Sure. Along comes Mark Wahlberg and his movie <laughs> Deepwater Horizon to remind us that what's coming out of this year's presidential candidates' mouths isn't the only thing grossly polluting our world. Here we go. <laughs> All right, let's talk about deep throat. Deep throat is it? Deep throat the movie? Come on! <laughs> I'm sorry, I was watching that. That I seriously, that is all you I could come up with. That? No, I was watching the trailer for this, and oh. I thought of that because I was trying to think of jokes, and that whole thing just happening is so horrible. I couldn't think of any jokes, so I went deep throat. And I'll press on. Okay. Deep. No deep. <laughs> deep water horizon. How How deep? deep. Stop it. (laughs) Deepwater Horizon tells the story of the offshore drilling rig that shot to stardom when it set records for deepest oil well and least prepared for that going wrong. Paul, this is universally known as the most lauded big screen adventure about spurting fluid since Robin Hood. Oh, I'm sorry, Paul. I actually have a late revision to that joke. The most lauded big screen adventure about spurting fluid since Robin Hood. You just wanted to say that. Oh, stop it. With its groundbreaking technology in super slow motion, run! The movie has figured out a way to make a single explosion last 99 minutes. Drill, baby, drill, the movie takes us all the way back to 2010. Oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed to even see what we used to dress like back then. This film is based on the true story of an offshore drilling rig that exploded in April of that year, creating the worst oil spill in history. So... You know, it's a feel-good movie. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams is an offshore oil rig worker played by Mark Wahlberg. So he's... Uh, he's definitely the best of the best. No. I know. He gets pulled back into a life of... No, no, no. Uh, I know. Who's he on the run from? He's on the run from no, somebody... No, no. He's in the military. And he... Ha- 
Wait, I thought you said this is a Mark Wahlberg movie. So it is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. I know what's going on here. Paul, he's a family man just trying to do right by his wife and kids, but gets thrust into a life or death situation where he has to overcome insurmountable odds and obstacles just to live another day and see his family one more time. Yes. Good job, Karen. My wife's name is Felicia. My daughter's Sue. And I will see them again. Do you understand me? That's right. I nailed it. This is a whole movie as Mark Wahlberg running around avoiding danger at every turn, allowing him to do what he does best. Play a guy who's always out of breath. (laughs) It also stars John Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Yeah. Kate Hudson and her stepdad, Kurt Russell, are in this. Not as a couple, but for Hollywood movies, they are age appropriate. <laughs> you know, it's nice to see Kate Hudson transition from that young, hot girlfriend to a more serious role like... Seriously hot mom. Seriously. Am I right or am I right or am I right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Need enough reason to want to survive the Deepwater Horizon disaster and get home to the mainland? How about Kate Hudson is waiting at home for <laughs> you? Do, do it for me. <laughs> I predict that Kate Hudson could be this generation's Ann Archer. Oh, oh, and we have, oh, did I mention earlier the what? Creepy Kids singing be my favorite thing? This is my favorite thing. What is? We have a new inductee into the Hall of Blong. Oh. I didn't notice. Me either. Oh, it's a good and long one. The Hall of Fame here, if you don't know, the Hall of Blong is a Hall of Fame that showcases goofy trailer sound effects, which I love. That was Blong. Here's another version of Blong. Wow. <laughs> That's a big one. It's involved. Do you remember Gong P? Gong P is another sound effect. Uh. <laughs> gong, then there's P. I would. I oh. used to order Gong mm. P at the local Chinese restaurant. They never give you enough but Gong there was P. Ni- but see, the thing about the trailer is there was neither a gong or someone peeing in the shot we were looking at. <laughs> Yet that's the sounds they're giving us. Remember the metal slurp? The metal slurp's used a I lot. Do. Yeah. I really do hate the metal I slurp. I hate the metal slurp. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, now, fresh off of Deepwater Horizon, we'd like to induct Fisher because oh. the only way you'll know something is scary and bad and that's going to happen in the trailer is by hearing this. It reminds me yeah. of being in the subway or something. It does sound like danger's coming. Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised they don't copyright these things. They maybe might. They do. I don't know. Maybe they Because if I came up with Blong, as annoying as it is, I'd love credit for that. They make a pretty cool comparison to the pressure building up below the deep water horizon, which contributed to its destabilization by demonstrating early in the film what it's like to shake up a can of Coke and then punch a hole in it. it includes a sound effect of its own. Oh. <laughs> Now, oddly, I'm refreshed. That sounds refreshing. That's right. That's Deepwater Horizon, brought to you by Coke. Because nothing looks or tastes more like ocean water mixed with oil and mud than Coke. (laughs) There you go. That's cool, everybody. I saw this. Oh, Went to an advanced screening. It's good. Thought? Really? Yeah. Well, I like Lone Survivor. I don't know if you saw that. No. Hmm. Uh, Peter Berg and, and the Kingdom. He can get stuff done when he focuses on it. When he does Battleship, you don't know what's going on. I don't Friday start, Night Lights, too. I mean, yeah. overall, he's got a pretty good body of work as a director. Huh. I don't want to start rumors, but Peter Berg has some issues, right? 
What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? It's like some substance abuse issues, right? Oh, perhaps. I thought that was kind of widely known. But what I find most fascinating about Peter Berg is that he was on Chicago Hope. Yeah. Huh. He's an actor, and then he's yeah. one of the directors. I mean, his handling of this movie yeah. is super impressive. I mean, there's no, I mean, I think it's a combination of visual effects and miniatures and probably actual <laughs> fire. It certainly buries anything they did in backdraft as far as size oh, and wow. scope of fire. But then again, it might have been more practical back then, probably a lot of CGI now, but you don't know. I mean, you, have, you believe they're on this rig 40 miles from shore. And they did that, I think, by not doing that. I think they shot, like, in Hawaii, you know, in a lot, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. So this is a good movie. I had no yeah. hope for it. Because, honestly, I don't know how you make that explosion last an hour and a half. Well, first of all, they do a setup like they do in Jurassic Park. So anyway, let me yeah. just, let me interrupt yeah. you because somebody last I was here was giving us guff about Sully being nothing but a bunch of filler around a two hundred and thirty second event. Yeah. Well, this is a second. This is a two second event. Did you see Sully? I've not yet. One of its, I, it's good. That's quite good. But was, one of its problems this, is, this is what repetition of events oh. that we already know about. Let's see that again. You know, like yeah. the, uh, it happens, then they revisit it again in the in the court case. In this, they just set up a whole bunch of stuff about, that you need to know, just like Jurassic Park. Where Mr. DNA, and this is what you need to know about the eggs, and this is how they da da da. And then you know everything. And so when dinosaurs attack, you know everything. Oh, okay. This does the same thing. It was take a while to figure all that out. You got to establish the BP, you know, dunderheads who just want the, they want the uh, rigged overproduce. That's Malkovich, you know, and you meet all your characters. And Wahlberg's like this solid, steady leading man these days when he gets in the right project. You know, say what you want about. Transformers and all that. He's just the happening paychecking yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you get him in The Departed or The Fighter or something like this. I mean, he's a solid leading man. He's really quite good. And he has a scene at the end that is solid. Right man. up there with Captain Phillips at the end? You, you, uh, I would say yes, simply because you buy that his character just went through everything he went through, which is what Tom Hanks nailed so brilliantly in that. Mm-hmm. He's not as good as Hanks. But, um, but you don't doubt that he is breaking down from everything he went through. Did you see uh, Karen just off topic real quick? Pull. Oh yeah, that thing of Tom Hanks and the uh, pulling a Bill Murray yeah, out. Absolutely, in Park. I said that. Did you look at my Facebook feed? No, I didn't. I said he's taking notes from Bill Murray. He's out, Bill Murray and mm, Bill Murray. That was nice. I saw that. I wrote that a couple days ago, my friend. Oh, that was that old. I, yeah, I just I'm all over that. Myself. Go yeah. look at my feed. I think it was yesterday, but yeah. <sighs> I saw that. And I was Bill Murray. Well, I'm glad to awesome. hear that that you liked it and that it, it's a good movie because I just honestly didn't know how they were going. Karen and I were just mentioning that I didn't know, or at least I don't remember, twelve people being killed as a result of this. Yeah, that was that, surprising. I saw this with a Q and A with Kurt Russell, and oh. and he read the script La and he's like, yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> he read the script. Hollywood. Hey, that's what we do out here, you know. <laughs> that's uh, why we pay all the monies in rent. Yeah. So he. That's what he said. He's like, <laughs> I knew all about the environmental. Design. I didn't know the personal. Told Absolutely. That typical that liberal ho- liberal Hollywood. Oh, sure. Hiding the personal toll. Hi- hi- hiding the <laughs> the real victims here, but there's a sea lion with some dirt goop on, on his nose. Yeah, goop you on it. You didn't know either. I didn't. Uh, Mr. Hollywood <laughs> liberal. I didn't. I didn't realize that's horrible. Twelve. Yeah. Twelve guys were killed. I think it was eleven, but yeah, it was. It was and you watch the movie, <laughs> and the way Peter Berg just fills that that yeah. rig with fire is amazing. Anybody got yeah. it. That's horrible. I was just going to say, that's that was the other thing in the trailer that shocked me, is watching those guys fly out to it on a helicopter. Because then I went, wait a minute, is there like a life jacket there? Do they have boats? What do they have? They got lifeboats, and they have circling <laughs> boats. You know, they're always that's out crazy. in that area of the sea. Well, where I live, uh, I see the oil rigs from my beaches. Oh. 
Um, well, not mine. I live in Newport Beach, but uh, <laughs> the, the the poor saps up in Huntington yeah. have to look at these oil rigs, and uh, they're definitely not forty miles off. I mean, they're I don't know what they are, five, six, eight oh. miles. I mean, they're right there. But you're still SOL if something goes wrong and there's not a boat, and even if there is a boat, it's going to take a half hour, hour to get oh. to land, and forget about swimming. You know, you're done. And the production uh, value here is top notch to yeah. where the sound effects are scary. Anytime a pipe mm. is a little, <laughs> you know, you hear the and the bolts fly out, and you just like, we're done. And then it goes, wow. you know, uh, it's pretty impressive. And the, if the oil shoots super high in the sky, and then when it all lights on fire, it's the fire goes everywhere. I'm just yammering. Paul, I don't Good. know if you're familiar with how to do a podcast. Should I lean in when I talk? But you should probably put your face in the microphone. I was gesturing. I didn't want to knock anything over. What is that? Talking about I'm going to share a little something with you guys. Sometimes when we have guests on the show that aren't used to speaking into the microphone, I watch Paul and Adam. It's as if they're trying to get a girl to give them head because they start <laughs> maneuvering the microphone and they start pushing the person's face into the mic and all this crazy nonsense. And Paul's just leaning back, not talking into the mic. It was, and it didn't look like you were coming back anytime you soon, Paul. You You're like, this I, feels I'm comfortable. What's going on <laughs> about the movie? <laughs> I got a lot to say. Anyway, I'll be way back here. Point is, go see this. Oh, my God. Yeah, funny. Good. Oh, and real quick yeah. game. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, they show the real people at the end, like oh, they yeah? do in Lone Survivor as oh, well. Yeah. And so they're, they don't look like Mark Wahlberg and uh, <laughs> Kate Hudson. God bless them. They went through a lot, but they just don't look uh, like them. And Hollywood did the usual no, swap out. You have to. So, Bart. Yes. Who would play Bart in a Hollywood movie? Oh. It could be anybody. It I have a hard time answering this question only because I don't know how I don't do it. I'm, I'm capable, right? <laughs> I'm right here. I'm a perfectly serviceable actor. Um, who, who in the ranks today? You would absolutely go with Brad Pitt, right? You're asking. You you're, would if you, you cast would. yourself. But what I'm saying is, you're not asking who do I think <laughs> looks like me. You're saying who would I want to portray me? I yeah. can't believe you didn't say Tom Cruise. I suppose Cruise. so. Yeah. Um, oh, you just dissed your boy Tom. No, because I just I Tom's too big for me. I can't, oh. you know, I can't bring him down to my level. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, gosh, get back to me because I haven't, I wasn't prepared for <laughs> Daniel this. Daniel Day-Lewis. No, well. Karen? Oh, uh, uh, Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray would play you. Yes. In a movie about you. Yes. And he'd be great. I would go maybe Tom Hardy. I'd go with Tom Hardy. That's a good call. I, you know who, actually, you know who might be able to play me? Sam Rockwell. That's a good call too. Yeah, I think you could. This do is that. a great actor. I know. I would do that. Michael Keaton. Well, I'm getting old. Michael Keaton might be able to do me. That'd be fun. I'd yeah. love to watch Michael Keaton do you. <laughs> you know what? What? I might watch that too. Yeah! Michael Keaton, come on. Our final film of hey, the. Hey, who would play you? Oh, that's right, Paul. Well, of course I go right to Harrison Ford. Hey. Because that's what I want. Yeah. You know. Uh, what you know, like uh, Empire era. You gotta go with Ryan Reynolds. Hey, I do, but yeah. Now that he's become you know respectable again, I think I can go ahead and do that. <laughs> I could go with Allison Janney. Would she yeah. do me? She's a little older than me. Private yeah, parts, she... Allison Janney. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gosh, who would I have play Karen? In the in the day, uh, it could have been it Mercedes, Mercedes Rule. Mercedes Rule yeah, uh, was often picked. The um, Nia Verdales. the pretty version of Allison Janney, who I haven't seen in a while, Christine Lottie. Oh, I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. I don't I know. Think she would do. She did a bunch of great movies, did a TV show, and yeah. then yeah. disappeared. Well, yeah. she needs nothing. to get busy oh. playing me. Yeah. Laura Dern. Oh, there you go. Dye her hair up, little brown. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. She's a tall drink of water. Well, Karen's well, not short. I'm not short when I wear these shoes. Yeah, you're not. Thank you. Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> Who 
doing? Our final film of the Yay! big weekend is Masterminds, the, the follow-up to the movie Deepwater Horizon about geniuses who run BP. Masterminds, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, nor is it a remake of the 1997 film Masterminds or the 2013 film Masterminds. Remakes can only happen once every 50 or 60 years. Hashtag Ben-Hur, hashtag Magnificent Seven. And it's also a brand new comedy. Oh. So let's talk about it. Masterminds. They're not. No. That's basically the premise here. <laughs> it can be best summed up as a bunch of morons decide to go and rob a bank. Everybody freeze. Everybody down on the ground. <laughs> There's a chicken well, in the Well, which bank. is it, young feller? <laughs> you want I should freeze or get down on the ground? Zach Galifianakis <laughs> plays a simpleton armored car employee because if you want failure to execute on a simple task, go with the best. Since a realistic movie about an armored car guard would be about retirement in Tampa, this film goes the other way and involves major league theft. That's right, Galifianakis. That's awesome. <laughs> That's right, Galifianakis's character. It's almost as hard as peculiar. You've gotten all the hard ones tonight. <laughs> Galifianakis, peculiar. That's right, Galifianakis's character is bored in 1997, looking for adventure of a lifetime. But rather than joining Marshall Applewhite's Heaven's Gate cult, he plans a robbery. Ah, yeah. Reports are that this movie is based on a true story, and as mentioned, that story being a bunch of halfwits try to steal some money and nothing goes according to plan. So, stop me if you've heard this story before. Stop! I, I haven't even started. Really? I thought you already finished. <laughs> oh, you're right, I did. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis and Kristen Wiig played play David and Kelly, a couple of not-quite-PhDs who work for Loomis Security. You know, the armed security service that picks up and delivers money to and from banks. One day, a friend of Kelly's gets the big idea that maybe they're, the three of them should steal a bunch of the money. David and Kelly are hesitant at first, but they eventually decide that this is a foolproof plan because, after all, Owen Wilson is the one that came up with it. How hard can it be? You load up a truck, and you drive away. You see, it's the geniuses in the simplicity, Paul. And besides, David and Kelly have always known that they were destined for something bigger in life, and so they see this as their big chance to finally do something with their lives, like get caught and go to jail. Sure. If this cast looks like it came from an episode of Saturday Night Live, then you won't be surprised to learn that SNL creator Lorne Michaels produced this film. But will it be Lorne Michaels, producer of Wayne's World, Mean Girls, and Three Amigos? Or Lorne Michaels, producer of A Night at the Roxbury and Superstar? Let's go with the Lorne Michaels who produced Gilda Live. Ah, that's a great idea. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go with that one. Awesomely Bad Wigs, the movie, brings together Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, and Emmy winner Kate McKinnon. This movie better be worth bringing all these hilarious female comedians together without busting any ghosts. However, this movie was made in 2015 before Ghostbusters, and it's being released now, so if it doesn't do well, internet trolls, back off. You're right, the film does go over the top with bad wigs, bad teeth, and facial hair. And even Owen Wilson's prosthetic nose is looking a little crazy. <laughs> but if they're going to use all SNL people, why bring Owen Wilson when you can just get new SNL cast member and friend of the show, Melissa Villasenor? Yay. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's robot assassins all over 47th Street. <laughs> I better put more money in the major. Yeah. <laughs> 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 She's right so here. good. Happened right here in the studio. <sighs> She's awesome. I'm going to go out on a limb right here and right now and predict that this movie is going to be very funny. See, there you go. You're doing it. Yeah. What gives that away? Because it stars Zach Galifianakis? Nope. 
Because it stars Kristen Wiig? Nope. Jason Sudeikis, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones? All of those people? No, Paul, although I'm sure they won't hurt the cause. The reason I think this movie is going to be funny is because not a single person gets hit in the balls in any of the trailers. Really? That's your barometer for judging whether a movie is going to be good, whether or not someone gets hit in the nuts in the trailer. Absolutely. It's uh, it's foolproof. Schindler's List was a great movie. No nut shots. Captain Phillips, no nut shots. Mm -hmm. Amadeus, also no nut shots in the trailer. But Waterboy? <laughs> Nothing but nut shots. I see your point. I see so, there yes. Schindler's List was good. Captain Phillips is very good. True. It could go on, yeah. It's foolproof. Out of Africa? Not a single nut shot. Witness? No nope. purple? Yeah. I, I defy you <laughs> to challenge LA that. LA Confidential? Well, here's another movie that should be a summer film. Like I said, all these should be. Yeah. Your big disaster movie, summer movie, Deep Water, your Tim Burton movie, and now big comedy with the biggest names in comedy? Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, I um, put up the Ghostbusters movie poster today that I made with all of the different women, and uh, only one is missing. So, Melissa McCarthy, it took all those people to replace her. Yeah. So it took Owen Wilson and David Zach Galifianakis, Jason Sudeikis, all of those people. But um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I also don't know much about, um, uh, I want to call her Holtzman. <laughs> I don't know much about that actress who played Holtzman. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, obviously. And I'm looking forward to seeing her in this movie because I, I don't know her from Saturday Night Live. So even in the little preview when she's in their wedding dress, she looks super creepy. If you don't it's know Kate McKinnon, creepy. then you have the joy of learning about her through two of the funniest sketches I've seen on SNL, and they are a th they're both of the same theme. Do you know the one where she's abducted by aliens? The Ryan Gosling one? Oh, yeah. my No, is it great? I have to look it the, up. The basic premise is that three people are abducted by aliens. Two of them have this amazingly romantic uh, experience, and she is just, you know, tormented. <laughs> and the way she describes her experience is just beyond funny. And they do another one where uh, they have out-of-body out of experiences because they all die, and she's the only one that had like a horrible out-of-body experience and her soul gets replaced with a dog. You might want to watch that oh. one, Karen. <laughs> so. uh, but yeah, this film, film looks ridiculously funny. Um, I drive a Z3, so I'm not particularly you know thrilled with that scene, but oh well. Is that what they drive into the, into <laughs> the, the gate? gate? Oh, that's amazing. That's crazy. <laughs> and Kristen Wiig looks really hot as a white trash. She likes she to play hot. She is sexy in yeah. white trash. She She's great good. at white trash. Her and that girl from What About My Name is Earl or whatever. Jamie Presley. Oh, she's oh, sexy so hot and white, as, uh, trash. white trash. Whatever happened to her? I don't know. I don't she know. rightfully won an, an Emmy for that role. Yeah, she's she very funny job. on My Name is Earl. What and happened to that Latina that was on there? She was a cutie pie, too. Yeah. yeah. A little slice of hottie. What's going on? Mm -hmm. What's going on, uh, entertainment? That's right. Hiding you get right women. on that, and you tell us, Bart. Where? That's your job. Sophia Vergara comes along, and we forget the other girl entirely. Oh, yeah. That other girl was so so much less annoying than Sophia. <laughs> 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 All right, we're going to take 10 ah. seconds of break and come back with our guest segment. Stephen Foster will Yay. be here to talk about That's Opportunity Knocking and more. Oh, wait, important uh, safety tip. I just remembered that Amazon, you can now go and get Ghostbusters on Amazon Video. So it's released the today. The same place you can get <laughs> Stephen tip. Foster's book. Safety tip, everybody. <laughs> Safety Important safety tip, don't cross the streams. Okay, good. Uh, we'll see if we can get some inspirational stories out of Stephen. Stay with us. And we are back with this week's guest. Every week, a guest. 
That's what we promise. I mean, we're entertaining. Well, yes, but And then people, we double it up. We add more uh, entertainment. We exactly. give you more for your more non-money. For your, more for your zero dollars. This is a good friend of the show. Has appeared in our old stage shows from the Second City Hollywood and the Movie Guy's second ever holiday special where he played Tiny Tin Tin. I highly recommend you go and find that on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.com slash online. Uh, today he's here to talk about indie filmmaking that he's currently hitting the festival circuit with this brand new film and successfully hitting mm-hmm. the circuit. A comedy short called That's Opportunity Knocking. Uh, please welcome Stephen Foster. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's still going. Thank you. I wow, love it. That's I love, a long applause. Wow, I love long applause. I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, if you re- remember and you're a movie guy's completist and you've seen everything we've ever done, the movie guy's second ever holiday special, Stephen played Tiny Tin Tin, who, who taught us all the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> yes. When his legs broke. Yes. I, I played a poor little crippled boy on Christmas, and I got beat up by the movie guys. Yeah, that's how it should be. And was, Santa, an aggressive Santa. Santa played by Stoney Westmore. Yeah. yeah. It was fabulously fun. We it had a great fun. time. That yes. was cool. So I highly recommend you go find that. And also, Stephen was in the... F- first little independent film that I made and uh, he played my receptionist I played this crazy self-help guru and he played my incompetent assistant <laughs> well I thought I was more competent than you uh, because <laughs> your character was kind of off the off the chart and, <laughs> and you were looking was, for another job <laughs> I was looking for another job and wisely so uh, <laughs> so yeah check that out I have that on my uh, website so you can go to my iTunes page or not iTunes my YouTube page and uh, it was called what was it called it's called Help, help Yourself, help yourself. That show that you wrote it's yeah. called Help Yourself I'm yeah. here for you honey see you me for maybe anything. the incompetent wasn't far from the tree <laughs> but but we're here to talk about yes. that's Opportunity Knocking yay Stephen has gone on the festival circuit and is doing quite well. Yes. Tell mm-hmm. us about the movie. Well, it's a um, movie that's based on a true story. Uh, that, i got to get back to that in a second, but keep yes. going, because once you hear okay. this, you'll be like, no. Go ahead. <laughs> it's it's uh, a comedy that Chuck Pelletier wrote um, based on a true story by one of our cast members, Thomas Annawalt. We were all in a play together, and Thomas told this story about his uh, New, York, New York apartment being robbed, and the whole time that him and his um, girlfriend were there in the apartment unbeknownst to them the robbers were there robbing the apartment and so oh. when they woke up the next morning the whole place was ransacked and they they just said well the apartment's been robbed and they were here while we were making out on the couch and um, <laughs> that is some serious <laughs> making out people. and Chuck and Chuck um, said that sounds like a very interesting uh, short film and decided to make it into a short film and he wrote it and um, I play a character who wasn't in the original scenario. I play the other crazy roommate who has just gotten released from the mental institution type and who casting. is in a yeah, typecasting, exactly. <laughs> so that that's basically the gist of the story. And hijinks can ensue. Hi yes. Mm-hmm. Hijinks yes. ensue. So but okay, so that really happened. That really is, like Karen said that is a mind blowing making out. Yeah. It totally distracts you from not only the rest of the world, but the rest of the world, like, a room away. Well, they walked into the apartment, um, according to Thomas, and they noticed that there was a suitcase there. There were things all moved all around. They thought just one of the other roommates had done some spring cleaning. Oh, right. Because if and you have roommates and you weren't home, they could have been. So they didn't leave, live alone. It wasn't just Thomas's place. No. That makes sense. Yeah, it was like, you know, new, you know how people, young artists live in New York, you know. Oh, yeah, they all shack up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Th- three to a bed, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Good uh, old give, days. Give us a shout out to the performers who were in it. Uh, the t- performers are um, they're recent USC grads, actually, from the MFA program. Uh, it's uh, Thomas Anawalt, Charlotte Galesian, Mo Konecki, um, Sachelle Andre, and myself. And yourself. These are hardcore names. Yes. These are amazing names, like <laughs> yeah, Idris no, Elba type names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no Bill Murray in there that's no. easy to pronounce? No. <laughs> well, there's Stephen Foster. Yeah, I'm, there you go. I'm, that's I'm true. kind of normal. But you even have a C in front of your name I do. for that. For, yeah, so, just, for professional. For professional. When you want to be professional. When you want to yeah. be mistaken for a professional. Yes. Yeah, you had a C in front you of know, it. You know, when it comes to SAG and non-SAG, you know, I just add it or drop it. Oh, there you, you go. Know. Yeah, yeah. Depends on my pay rate. Now, the one thing I noticed uh, in this movie is that I really felt like the casting between the two um, bad guys or the robbers, that was really good. They have a really great chemistry. They seem like real friends. Well, did they know each other? Well, they had. They'd gone okay. to the um, MFA uh, acting program at USC. And um, Chuck and I had actually seen them in a play together called Upside Downside or something like that. And they played these kind of thug characters. Oh, perfect. And that became the basis of why Chuck wrote it. Because Chuck wrote it. Because Chuck writes stuff for uh, certain characters and certain people. You know, and we're both very good at that. We meet people and we go, oh, we got to write something for that person. So that's the was the impetus of Chuck writing it. So, mm-hmm. And which one of them had the actual incident happen to them? Thomas Annawalt. Oh, okay. Of the infamous uh, Annawalt Lumber family get out of town i love anna walt because i don't like home depot and lowe's too big yes we are doing a plug for uh, anna walt lumber (laughs) go there and they're very friendly that'll get you in the usc yeah (laughs) it's actually right down the street i just passed it on the way here i I think they have a i think they have a giant like wooden bear out front or something remember that sculpture he should start going by c thomas Annawalt. i think that's a good idea that would be more yeah yeah you can go to give an air to his name I think Karen should start going by C. Karen Volpe Sarah Preston Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> you're just sure she's Karen Carpenter, aren't you? This is the thing, Karen. Well, I wouldn't mind being that skinny. Well, she sings not like that her. skinny. Oh, that's really skinny. Never mind. <laughs> but Karen is a singer. We'll get to that. Karen later. is oh, a singer. That's how Stephen and I met. Karen's a great singer. Yes, that is how we, we met. We always talk about the the Boubay sisters on here. Yes, but I want to get to the uh, film festival run. Yeah. So oh, you, it's insane, I remember yeah. we went to a filmmaker karaoke night here, and you were kind of kicking things off, going, "I got to meet some people, talk about yeah. movies." Yeah. I don't know what's going on with the film festivals. Next yeah. thing you know, you're in six of them, and you're winning awards. Yes. Explain. We have been in six film festivals, and uh, we have two more coming up. We have Glendale, and we have. Um, Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival. I guess it's on Intergalactic Mars. Intergalactic Planetary, <laughs> hey. Planetary, yeah. Intergalactic. We're, we're working on planetizing, or planetizing? Colonizing. Planetizing. planetizing Mars. No, it's already a planet. We're working on colonizing Mars. And if I, if any saying it, the first thing we'll put there is a film festival. It's a film festival. Absolutely. Yeah. Where, um, what town is that in again? It's in Corona. Oh, okay. Which I don't even... It's kind of spacey out there. I guess. I don't mm. know. I've never... You don't know Corona, Corona because uh, they play paintball there. So I know Corona. You know Corona. <laughs> you would know. Planetary? <laughs> it's another... Yeah, it's another place. Okay. <laughs> well, Paul, you can play paintball. I could stay out in the snack room with Karen, oh. making sure she doesn't eat any french fries. There you oh, go. That sounds good. <laughs> i tell you one thing about Corona paintball. It's hot. Yeah. So by the way, that hum you hear in the back of the... Uh, all everything we're saying today the fan and the air conditioning both on why is it september is the hottest month of the year now it used to be august dog days of august you know dog days of summer august was always hot now it's september this one we have wildfires this one we have 100 degrees every day it's brutal 
It is hotter than a dog's ass. It is hot. That is pretty hot. hot. How does one take that measurement, Stephen? <laughs> See, Stephen? Well, you don't. I don't. He's learning. A veterinarian. He's going to do a whole presentation in Corona about it. I love how we keep about going. I keep wanting to bring it back to the movies. <laughs> but uh, so Let's not talk about movies. Let's, let's just talk about talk dog asses. What was the first fest you went to? Because the these sound like they're mostly all local, so you've been to all of them, right? Yes, or? we have been to all. We have actually been to all of them. He did fly across I country. I did fly across country to go to D.C. to go to um, the Go Indie Festival, which is part of the um, Northern Virginia. Um, oh, that's Festival. right. You talked to oh, you talked to Michael McNutt of yes. the Great Hater Nation. Yes, yeah. the Hater. Hey, that's Michael right. McNutt, Michael shout Hater, out. Hey, we yeah. love them. Those guys are um, great. Yeah, we've been to. Um, Wait, well, let's stick on Nova for a second. Nova. Nova. So did you see Mike do his thing out there? I know he hosts a lot. I he, uh, did not see him oh. do his thing. I flew in on a red eye. I went to the festival, uh, um, went out to dinner with the, uh, um, the guy that uh, runs it, and then I went home, packed my bags. I spent an, a day on the up, um, hop-on, hop-off bus. I bet um, he in, did. In this guy loves to hop on and hop yeah, off. Yeah, hop-on, hop-off. Yeah. Um, it was hot as hell. And oh, then it must be September. It must be September. And I got on got on a plane and came home. So it was like a real quick turnaround. So did you call? Did you call in then to the uh, Hater Nation? I well, when I did my interview with them, I did it from my house. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So they, I don't. I, and, but I didn't see him there. So yeah, because he runs around and uh, makes toga. a spectacle of himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we like him. <laughs> we do love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love him too. He's very so, nice. For young filmmakers out there who are wanting to make a film, a short film, and send it into festivals, how important is going to dinner with the guy who runs the festival? I was just going to say, that's really important. <laughs> Probably really important. Because yeah. you don't... It's who you know. I'll let you say it. It's who you know, but in a way that you need to know the right people, and you got to get in there and leave your apartment. That's what we're learning. All those young filmmakers in Western New York, you got to leave your house to get things done. What say you? I say the same thing. I say it's, um, well, actually, you introduced me to Paul Osborne. Yes. And I guess he's the mayor of, of film festivals. <laughs> um, <laughs> we like to call him yeah. that. I hope and, that catches on. <laughs> and, um, and, and it, you know, and it's really true. It's really who you know. Because we got into um, the um, Go West uh, Festival, which was in Yosemite. And then we got into action um, on film which we won the best scene award for, um, best comedy scene um, award. And that was all due to one person knowing another person. And the reason I bring up Paul Osborne is because it's not, it's who, you, it's who puts a word in for you. Because um, all you filmmakers out there, you submit to a film festival, it's like submitting to an audition. They get over 2,000 um, submissions. And if it's cons or um, Sundance, you double that. And really and truly, um, you know, they, they say it's the quality of your film. It's really not. It's really your networking ability and who you know and the power of your film. And also, not to be a wet blanket, but you're also competing with the studios who have indie divisions, too. That's actually not even so much a wet blanket as a new thing that's going on. Because in the 90s, independent films were independent. But now... 
the movie uh, studios can't afford to always be making these multi-million dollar movies, so they take their smaller budget movies, which to us is a big budget movie, yeah. and they get into these festivals with them. Give me $5 million, yeah. and I, I can make a, quite a great movie on yeah. $5 million. <laughs> but to them, that's an independent film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let's not call it a whip blanket. Let's just say it's we're arming the filmmaker. you got to know what's out there well, and how much of a strength you need to bring in your content. And not only your content, but your connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've known Karen and Paul forever, and we, <laughs> and um, and in fact, I met Karen and Paul by doing independent um, theater. Uh-huh. And um, when we transitioned to make um, make film, um, you know, it's it's very difficult because you really want to put your best work out there. Um, and the reason I bring up me, me knowing Karen and you guys for as long as I have is because we've all started, we came out here to LA not knowing anybody. That's true. And over the years, we've seen um, that we had to learn how to make connections and meet people, um, especially in the industry, because sometimes it's not really what you know, it's not the strength of your project. Your, str- your project can be very strong. But if you don't have enough backing or industry, someone to open the door for you, it really won't go anywhere. So luckily with this project, I've been able to open some new doors. And, um, and I'm finding that I was, I was talking to Karen the other day. I was like, well, I wish I hadn't spent so long in theater because none of those people were really connected to the TV and film industry which is what we're trying to get into now and so now they say things like you can take you know, once you get enough accolades maybe your next film people will just accept it you know without even having to submit oh, that's or true because you of can, all of or your they'll awards? accept your submission without the fee you know these little these little uh what do you, favors get handed down the more you participate also i think that it's important to start where you are and steven and i we support each other a lot and we talk about how to get to the next step and it's always scary because you think you have to be perfect you have to have the best film or whatever it is you do and you have to know people before you begin just start if you start by this time next year you're going to be further than you would have been if you didn't start it's just like learning to play the guitar at 40 just start and you're going to know how to play it by 50 if you keep trying but it's the same thing with these these film festivals because Stephen just started with a small project that wasn't his ideal situation, but he made the best out of it. Yeah. He got it going. He believed in it, and other people that captures their imagination and they meet him, and he's got all this energy and and shows that he knows what he's talking about. And I think that that propels you to having a list of awards and a list of other things that you can use on your next venture. Plus, he's an impeccable dresser. Impeccable. Look at this vest. <laughs> and he smells Thank good. Thank you. He That's smells good. good. That's important. Really important. You know, I. I I, have been, I mentioned on here that I've been doing driving for Lyft lately, and I drove a musician from wherever he was to his studio, and on the way, we were talking about people you know, and he's basically saying that's why they're there, for you to network yeah. and get what you can from them. Not in a, And he wasn't even talking Not like, don't use them, but mm-hmm. just, you're all in this together. Uh, what did Paul Osborne say? We're referencing him again, and then I'll, I'll plug his movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, all the rising tide, rising tide raises lift all all, lifts all boats. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny because Chuck says that. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. Paul says the same thing. Uh-huh. And Paul, I should say, now give him a plug real quick. If you don't know Paul Osborne, Hi, he Paul. made the film called Favor. He's been a guest number here a number of times here on our show. And he made a film called Official Rejection. I think it was 10 years ago now. Yeah. But it's all about the film festival 
circuit, good and ugly parts of it. So worth seeing if you're making a film out there and want to get into fests. And you can find it, I think, anywhere online to search official rejection. Mm-hmm. Great it's, title. It's really insightful. Um, of course, things change so quickly. That was 10 years ago. So there's probably different festivals and stuff now. But it's the idea behind it that doesn't necessarily change. And so uh, you've won... Can you say what the comedy scene was or the spoiler that you won an award for? Well, I don't officially know what the comedy scene was. They, they give you an award and didn't tell you? Well, there's well, so many scenes in it. It's a whole comedy. Well, yeah, it's all. It's, yeah. uh, oh, okay. I, I, I would assume it's yours, Stephen. Oh. I, that's how I would be like, it's my scene, of course. Oh, that's so flattering, Aaron. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet darling. of you, oh, darling. darling. Why did you give him a fan? <laughs> you gave him a face fanning himself. It's the Florence Foster Jenkins fan. The whole thing. She, she wants to fag me done, up. That's right. And I just had it. <laughs> um, no, we have won the uh, best comedy scene at Action on Film. We won best um, best comedy at um, LEFA. We won, um, what else did we win? We won um, the Jury Award at the Go Independent. We won best That's com- really good. Jury Awards are really good because yeah. that's other people voting for you yeah. that are filmmakers. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, and not the uh, audience. Look at, look at, I mean, we shouldn't let America vote on anything. When I talk about reality television, I always say, don't let America vote on <laughs> stuff. America's dumb. Uh, hashtag Trump. So, you know, let the pros vote. And if the pros give you an award, that's where it counts. Yeah. And, and you know, it's very flattering to, it's not flattering, it's gratifying to have a piece of work. Because Chuck and I have done work for about 20 years. And, um, you know, it's, all, it's always catch as, catch can. And you never... You know, you want to get nominated for something, you don't get nominated for something. I mean, we both have had plays out there. And uh, to be acknowledged and to have this thing in film festivals, I thought it would take us about six months. That's really was my timeline. I was like, it's going to take us about six months to get into things, people to get to know us. It took us a month. So it's, it's really about perseverance and and being persistent Stephen works on it every day for about three hours yes I do and and the other thing is it seems like a saturated market but now that you've been to some of these fests do you ever wonder to yourself wow what what did they leave out some of the content I haven't just saying I go to some of these festivals I watch the movies I'm like oh god that made the cut to get in the fest you know I'm not single on any specific festival sometimes I see some really bad stuff at festivals I'm like wow uh, you know, if it, so, finish that thing you're working on because there's a space for it. Yeah. <laughs> when, it should inspire. Should, some of the stuff they should just lose and you know put whatever you're working on. Well, in I should say that what inspired me to um, make this into uh, to put this thing out on the market and not just leave it on a shelf was I'm a part of a uh, um, a place called Stage Thirty Two, um, and it's like an online community for actors and writers and filmmakers, and they had this course called is your short gathering dust? Is it just sitting on a shelf gathering dust? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, it is. And it actually encouraged you to go out and submit to festivals. And that became the starting point of what I did. And I read a a really great book called um, Your All Access Pass to um, Film Festivals. And she said something which still sticks with me. Karen talks about me working for three hours um, a day on it, and she's not kidding. Um, she, they said in the book, they said, when, once the film is in the can, that your work has only just started. 
and most creative people think that it's the making the art and putting it together all that I call Karen and I talk about this all the time I call that the easy part mm-hmm. that's, that's the, the part that's part of who you are that's the part that you know how to do you were trained to do but what a lot what Karen and I I'll just speak for Karen and I is we weren't trained to do the business part of it and according to this book that's where the work really begins and they are right getting out there going to those festivals submitting to festivals having people know your work know your brand is very very time consuming and that's been my focus since we started this in may and it's working you talked about a book you read let's talk about a book you wrote yeah that's right i wrote a book awakening the actor within yes available on amazon.com there you go go. plug away and this is uh about uh, it's it's a book for actors who are now i want to get exactly how you come across it because i've been studying meisner for a long time so are you teaching a method are you teaching a lifestyle that should accompany an actor what's the content of the book i'm teaching um a lifestyle for an actor how to um keep yourself enthusiastic keep yourself um motivated to go out and pursue your acting dreams uh because in my career in everyone's career um i've had some devastating things happen i've had you know a movie that went over budget that was going to be my big breakthrough um i've had um roles that i've auditioned for all kinds of things that have been very frustrating and um along that path i had to sort of learn how to keep myself motivated. So I put together sort of a actor's toolkit to sort of keep them in on track and inspired to go out and keep acting, even though it's difficult and you don't sometimes make any money, you don't become a star overnight. Um, and so it's sort of a philosophy. It's basically the artist's way for actors. Mm-hmm. It's basically, can you keep pursuing your dream while you live your life and and i give people the tools to go out there and pursue their dreams because what do they say the day after you quit could have been the day you make it well the day <laughs> well who's that girl that uh, you should know this poly girl that jumped from the hollywood sign peg Einswistle, i think her name was oh yeah something like that something whistle she jumped mm-hmm. she jumped from the holly the age of the hollywood sign yep and the next week there came a letter in the mail offering her the part in a big part in a, um, a theater production, a big theater production. And that's also why you can't go up to the Hollywood sign anymore. That's her fault. Because of that, her. That, <laughs> that woman. That woman. That her woman. not believing in her acting. See, it's Keeps me from hiking up there. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, and, and once you get involved in an artistic career, there's no end to it. No. Uh, I always bring up uh, Clint Eastwood when I talk about this because 85 and he's whatever he is, might even be older than that now. He's making the best, some of the best movies of his career. And because you don't retire, you don't want to retire. Some people can't wait to retire. Like, oh my God, I'm at this job 15 years now. I can't wait to retire. Uh, no, that's not for me. I don't think that's for most artists. I think they just want to keep going. And, oh my gosh, are you kidding? I just want to work. Well, I just heard an interview with Metallica. Yes. You know, on the opposite side of the spectrum from Eastwood, and they're you know just all hitting their they're in their 50s now. I think Lars is 52, and they're like. Sorry, we keep being inspired, so we're going to keep putting out albums. You know, they'll go away for a while, and then eventually they just all call each other, and they go to HQ, they call it, which is a cabin somewhere in Colorado, and they crank out an album, you know. So it, it, it never 
should end for an for an artist. Well, one of my mentors of my uh, acting book was the uh, wonderful Ruth Gordon, and she got kicked out of acting school in 1914 out of uh, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Mm -hmm. And after one um, season there, they said to her, uh, "We don't think you're suited to acting. Don't come back." And then after she won the uh, Oscar for Rosemary's Baby, they asked her to come back and give the graduating uh. speech to the uh, students. And her her statement was, never give up. The last time I was at the Academy, mm -hmm. they said, you're not suited to acting. Get out. So <laughs> when you... So Did she go back and give that speech? Yes. Oh, good. good that's what she said. Oh, she, no. could, she could not go back at all and be no. perfectly in her right. Uh, that, that is exactly... It's Ruth Gordon. She's but I love that she went there and told them to her face. No, she did that. She went back there and she said, and on that dreadful, what I love, she says, on that dreadful day, when someone tells you, and we're all actors hear this, I don't care if you're beautiful, you're short, you're fat, you're skinny, you will, she says, on that dreadful day when someone says, you're too tall, you're no good, you're ugly, think of me and never give up. To say that to students is basically, that's the cornerstone of my book because we're all told crap in this industry and everybody has an opinion and everybody's an expert. And as William Goldman said, nobody knows anything. It's, and, yeah. and, and, and They're if all you, faking it. And if you take your, your art, whatever it is, acting, whether it's a film, whether it's a play, you take it to people and they usually just say, oh, it's no good, or don't do anything with it, or you need to change this, or do me, a, do me nine rewrites, you know, before I'll give you any attention. And so I think it's important for actors to be very, actors and all creative people, to be very determined, know your work, and stand by it 100%, as right. opposed to waffling every time someone says boo. Yeah, and that's, that's a tricky thing, because when you're in uh, school and you're learning your craft, you have to be willing to make adjustments and try different things. And then you go out in the real world oh. and nobody wants you to do that. They want you to know who you are. Yeah. And in college, you were trying to figure out who you were and you never got to be who you are because you had to get a grade. So yeah. that's where that whole that whole learning and getting grades thing is, is a little tricky for artists because you know what that one teacher wants. So you do whatever that way. But that's not who you are. And then later you have to be who you are. Well, you have to. Because, you have to figure it out. Well, because if you don't, you... You know, every time someone says something, you'll change your mind. And yeah. what I've been learning is if I stand behind what I'm doing, there's no one who's going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it takes some uh, guts and also takes a lot of belief in yourself. And that's something we should have learned in college. Just a whole class on business and how to just stand for yourself and say, this is who I am and stay there until you figure it out. Well, I wish somebody in college would have just said the basic thing to me. You're funny. You're short. You're five feet tall. Go with that. You're Yeah. You're funny. Just yeah. that's all you need. Yeah. If someone would have told me that, I would have gotten I would have gotten out a lot sooner. Yeah, you would have figured that out by the time you're thirty instead of figuring it out later going, Should I just be funny? Wait, I am thirty. Oh. I'm twenty nine, Karen. Darling. <laughs> <laughs> I started in the business when I was two. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so that's Awakening the Actor Within. Yes. On Amazon.com. On Amazon.com. And what is it, StephenFoster.com? What is your website? StephenFoster.com. So the mm -hmm. C, again, C. to show pedigree. Yes. The C is in there. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, you're website. very active on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? My Twitter ha handle is C. Stephen Foster. Oh, good. Well, there you go. C. Stephen Foster. Now, you talk about right. the independent theater that, we, that was going on where <laughs> we met. Yes. Uh, this was a show called The Green Room, which, uh, again... Chuck wrote mm -hmm. and uh, you co-wrote, right? With I Rod wrote, Damer? I wrote the you guys book, were all on that? Uh, Chuck wrote the music and lyrics and um, I wrote the um, 
book uh, book with uh, Rod Damer. And it was inspired, once again, a true story. Chuck and I love, Chuck loves writing things about true stories. Rod wrote, this, wrote the musical The Green Room based on his experience in the green room at his college. And Chuck th- thought so much about it that he decided to write it into a musical. He wrote a one-act musical of it. Um, a theater company I was in produced it. And then we decided to make it into a two-act. And then that's how I met Karen because she did it at the GRT. In which she sang this. I'll play a yeah, little bit did. of the green play room. A little bit of it. Karen, you're good in this. Yeah. Uh, this is from it's a, a great song. song. I auditioned with it for years. It's called yeah. It's All About Me. And in this little bit of the song, Karen's character is singing about how she never gets the big parts in musicals, only the small parts, but learns to realize how they can be really important. Fall, I got brave and auditioned again for a staged adaptation of Gone with the Wind. Told them how naturally southern I am. They said, My dear, frankly, we don't give a damn. But we do need a girl to wear blackface and play. How to walk on in scarlet, young midwife and slave. And how birthing her babies. I don't know nothing about birthing no babies. That's <laughs> and, I, and I still don't know nothing about birthing no babies. Devon, is that your Devon, being, yeah. Uh, being angry. That's a great part, and it was a great role, and I got to do the... Um, I've always had a dream of doing the original stage, uh, the re- original recording of a musical, and I got to do that in that instance, and sing great songs. I had the great, That's out there on iTunes, the yeah. Greatest it is. song. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. on iTunes, CD and it's Baby. on uh, CD Baby, yeah. yes. Uh, and the show itself is still going on out there all over by people who... Uh, it's licensed. Anyone license can get it. to do it yeah. at their college because it's become... Yeah. This is perfect for colleges, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He's telling it's, a story about the college green room. Yeah, it's four characters. In one in location. One location. Yeah. It's no good. hydraulics. It's mm-hmm. good for a student. When we were in college, we had something called the Performing Arts something. Performance Arts... PAC, Performing Arts Company. Performing Arts, was that really what it meant? Yeah. Wow, they went on a limb there. Yeah, well. Wow. PAC. So it was all student-directed and student-acted performances. Like, there were two of those every year, or two of those every semester, I think. And then the main stage production. So like the students totally get together and do this because it's easy, small cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not, not easy music. Uh, um, the music is complicated. <laughs> Chuck writes easy really, really s- very strong harmonies. Yeah. and uh, But easy yeah. one-location staging, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, look for that out there as well. Stephen, you're doing it all. He's what aren't you doing? Go through what you are doing real quick. What aren't I doing? I am not. I am not. Um, I'm not pursuing acting in terms of like going around and auditioning. I'm not doing that uh, because I'm finding a lot through film festivals. A lot of people are hiring me in their independent movies, and I like that because the roles I get are a lot juicier. And they're and you. The, See, and I told you, you is what you're yeah. not doing. You've turned it into something you're doing. That he is doing. <laughs> What? I ask you a specific question. <laughs> what am I not doing? I'm no, you don't have to answer that. I'm you are doing, doing it all. all. He does it all. You are. It's all about you. It's all about me. <laughs> yeah. is, is there another film song. in the works? Uh, well, Chuck and I are searching around for our next uh, next project. And, of course, I have Off Hollywood that's coming out next year. I have... Um, that's a, a mo- feature? That's a feature. He stars in that. I star in that. Mm-hmm. And I also have um, a movie called Big Bear Weekend. I know it sounds like an adult sounds film, like a but porno. it's not. It's not. I believe he was cast uh, from the casting couch on that yes, one. Yes, I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I do my best work. I believe <laughs> it. <laughs> I get all my roles on my back. Mm. And um, and Chuck and I are sort of hunting around for our next thing that uh, we're going to do. We have a couple It sounds like features. you just need to wait for somebody to have a wacky true story, and then Chuck will turn it into something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you guys ask, got start any? Talking to, yeah, I know. Start talking to your friends. <laughs> But Karen, I yes. want to mention something Uh-oh. about albums. 
You have a new album coming out, actually, I do. next month. And I do. tell us about it, because I just think what you're doing is so ingenious and unique. Ah, well, thank you. In that case, I'll talk all about me. Um, <laughs> so Stephen uh, is alluding to the Bube sisters, that I know a lot of you have already heard about us. But we have decided to put out a comedy album, much in the, like, the old style one, like Steve Martin. And um, it's, it's a singing comedy album, so there's like banter in between, and then there's songs, but they're all parodies of 60 songs. Some of them are very dirty, but some of them are PG-rated, so you have to take, take a, a listen to that and figure it out for yourself. But we're going to be doing that at the Improv in Hollywood. We're going to do our CD release party on October 15th, and if anybody wants to go, they can just go to the Improv Lab workspace um, website and you can find out about that but the neat thing about it is like Steven said you have to figure out who you are and apparently my friends and I are (laughs) women who wear wigs and tacky dresses who sing dirty songs but once we found that out it's not easy don't get me wrong but there's more of an uh more momentum behind us because people it captures their imagination and for some reason they that brand and that experience makes people want to see more and then when you're out there pursuing your art it's easier because people want to see it it's not like you're trying to audition for something you've created it so yes go check that out if you get a chance and we'll eventually have those for sale at the boobaysisters.com and the album's called the boobay sisters now this is steven i'm going to give him credit for this so thank you (laughs) one day I got a text from Heather and Leah, and they were talking about what the name could be, and they thought it'd be funny to do a throwback. Since it's our first album, they thought it'd be funny to have one of those ones like from the 80s where like um, Def Leppard would have greatest hits, and then they would be like volume one, you know, because they have all these hits. But we don't have any hits, so we decided to call it the Boobay Sisters Greatest Hits Volume One. And you can't and deny, though, w- these are your greatest hits. These are our greatest They're hits. They're your only hits. They're our only hits. <laughs> But, but I was telling <laughs> Stephen that over the phone, and because we had a bad connection or something, or I wasn't articulating, I said it's going to be the Boobay Sisters' Greatest Hits, Volume 1, and he started laughing and laughing. And I'm like, what, what did you think I said? And he goes, didn't you just say it's the Greatest t- Volume 1? <laughs> greatest and Tits. Now greatest that's tits. our name. Greatest so it's tits. the Boobay Sisters' Greatest Tits, and it's the H covered up with like someone did graffiti and wrote Tits. Volume one. So thank you, Stephen. It's titillating. I'm it is sure, titillating. Sure. We are the Boubet sisters, after all. Uh, That's fitting, you know. Mm-hmm. Stephen, let me ask you what we ask every guest who comes on the show. What is your favorite movie? And there's a wrong answer. Of so. all time. My favorite movie of all time is Harold and Maud. Ah! You're right. Good, good. Yep. Not the first time it's been brought up. No, on that's the show. been brought before. It's not. No. People like it. That's mm-hmm. a that's a well. Classic. That is a love. Beloved. Beloved. I say. What do you think film. of Harold and Maude, Paul? I think it's great. I thought it was great. I went out and just saw it this year. I hadn't seen it before that. You know, it was once one again of, Ruth Gordon. Yeah. She's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's a movie I saw when I was young, and it didn't go over my head. Like a lot of movies I saw when I was young, because I was like, oh, I love movies. I gotta start watching old movies. So I'd watch Chinatown and Network, and they kind of just went over my head. But Harold and Maude, even though it's older and not aimed at kids, I, it's, I could still relate. I could still get what Bud Court's Harold was going through, you know, and then the emotions of it. And, of course, the music's great. And what an interesting thing, Paul. When you were Bud Court's age, you saw the movie. So you saw it from his perspective. Then as an adult, if you watch it, you see it from her perspective. Okay, I'm not her age yet. But, uh-huh. yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That clock is ticking. I'm just saying. Yeah, but further point to her point. You know, about uh, being told no and doing it anyway. I mean, how old was she when she finally hit it? Uh, she I mean, won her Oscar at 71. There you go. Nice. All right, Paul, so you have like three more years. I, <laughs> uh, why? Why? 
Paul, what are you working on? What am I working Where's on? Where's your movie? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. He's it's that short. It. I got a That's short. Right. Lang- I got a short languishing in post. I need to go read your book so I can be inspired to get it off the show. What's the book? Not your book. I should read your book. But the other one where the lady said, get it off the shelf and get it out there. I got to finish Well, that's that actually a webinar on uh, Stage 32. And the, the book is called um, Your All Access Pass to Your All Access Pass. All Access Pass. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, to uh, film festivals. Yeah. You need to be inspired by that and finish that short. Good call, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you for calling me out on but the air. My friends sh- who I made the short with are listening now, and they're going to say, yeah, fin- <laughs> why don't you finish the post and on that thing? And also, Paul's always working on the movie, guys. Always trying to get people in here and get more word out, so. Well, I'll get the word out. I bet you will. All right. Well, that's why uh, we're happy to have you. Uh, thank you, Stephen. And your website, once again? Uh, that's OpportunityKnockingTheMovie.com. And, and my personal website is CStephenFoster.com. So we and need Twitter. to see on that one. Yes. And Twitter? Uh, at CStephenFoster. And it's, this is all PHs, by the way. Yes. Your Stevens. Mm-hmm. If, uh, the good way. The old-fashioned way. Who's the old writer, the songwriter, Stephen yeah. Foster? Stephen Foster, Camp Town Races, sing the song, do-da, do-da. You know that one. Camp Town Races, races by my alone. We all know that song, of course, from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> is all that right. Blazing Saddles? It is. It is. Yeah. That's, that uh. is so synchronicity because I, my boss told me to watch a Blazing Saddles. I've never seen it. You've never and seen I it? And I just saw it on your... Um, your DVD collection. I was going to ask you to uh, borrow it. You may. Oh, it's so great. We oh, bought it to Gene watch uh, yeah, just two weeks ago when Gene Wilder passed away. Okay. Stephen, that is one of the funniest movies of all time. Karen, what do you think of uh, Madeline Kahn? She was hysterical in that. She's really great. She's hysterical in everything. Yeah. Are you in show business? Then get your feet off the stage. <laughs> I mean, Clue, so uh, Young Frankenstein. Get off of me. I mean, she's hilarious. <laughs> she's beautiful, too. Comedian who's very pretty. Yeah. She's great in What's Up, Doc. She stole that movie right out from under uh, Barbara Streisand. <gasps> Blasphemy! Not easy to do. What? What? Not easy to do. No. no, Barbara's yeah. a pretty good comedian in her own right, but oh. Madeline Kahn pulled the pulled the rug right out from under her. I need to watch that. I'm gonna put that on my list. You've it's never seen list. What's Up, Doc? No, I'm putting it on the list. Well, you put that on your list. You put Blazing Saddles on your list, and I'll. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna score the copy before I go. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> we'll, we'll never see it again. <laughs> All right, Stephen, thank you for coming in. Uh, We're going to go away and come back in 10 seconds and wrap up the show with Karen's birthdays right after this break. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Und now we wrap up the show with a bang with Karen's look at the birthdays of those who make the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Take it away. Karen's birthdays. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays. So Devo, I love it. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Mr. Jason Sudeikis, who turns 41 but can play anywhere from uptight to surprisingly sexy. Oh, I get confused by that all the time. I'm going to have to defer to you on that one. Really? Yeah. There's something about him. He just. Really? He's got yeah. that Chevy Chase charm. Totally well. That wins. Yeah, he's just, he's got kind of that chiseled chin, too, and he's just smart, and he's funny. And Do you think uh, John Krasinski from no. The Office is No, handsome? I didn't find I think him they handsome. Look the, I think they look similar. Isn't that funny? I like, uh, I like his hair better. Okay. He doesn't look as dumb and floppy. <laughs> I'm just thrilled that he, Jason, is old is as old as you said he is because mm, yes. what he turned? Forty-one. Forty-one. I'm almost that old. I know it's getting crazy. Well, we all know he's starring in Masterminds this week. Opposite Zach Galifianakis, Owen Wilson, and Kristen Wiig. 
But uh, did you guys know that he has a really rich background in improvisational comedy? Oh, yes. yes we know I who his uncle that. is. And tell me who his uncle is, because I was going to ask you that. Do you know? George Went. It is, because his it's his mother's brother, Mr. George Went. For you youngins out there, he was on Cheers, if you need to have that yeah. reference. Hey, there's some people might not know <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, we now probably need to explain what TV is. <laughs> before you got everything on demand. But he, uh, started off, he started off in comedy sports and in Kansas City, of all places. And then he moved to Chicago and studied at the Annoyance Theater and Improv Olympic, where we studied. And after that, he was cast in Second City's t- touring company, but then he went to do Second City's opened up the uh, Second City Las Vegas. And that's where he was Second when City he Las was... Vegas? Yeah. They had it right in the Flamingo, right next to... I think Donnie and Marie's show was right next door. You know what? That could be a really great thing. It went for a number it of years. And I, I'm surprised it's not still there because... It's just irreverent enough, yeah. right? You know, and, and it's, it's a new short. show every night. It's short enough. It's not, Change you know, a two-hour show. It can't be too expensive. You're sure. kicking around the strip. You're kind of drunk. Go and watch some, some improv. improv comedy. And they wrote some original sketches. <clears throat> they had some great stuff about, uh, you know, they would do like tap dance scenes with the guys who give you the, uh, oh yeah, the porn, oh. Stuff. The porn, <laughs> give it porn. They would do like a whole like river dance number with yeah. that. Then they had squirt guns and would do Bellagio fountains. Walk around the that was pretty cool. I'm surprised that didn't last. Yeah. Well, that's where he was when he got hired for Saturday Night Live as a writer. Do you guys know that? No. I found that very interesting. You know what? Yes. That, that fact is actually fun. That's a bit fun. I had the other fun fact about George Went, but you went and had more fun than me, so that's fine. Sorry to take your fun away. All right, but I would have a quiz for you now. Jason Sudeikis has starred with the very beautiful Jennifer Aniston in Five movies. I can. I got two right away. I got All two right. right away. What do you got? Give Her- me yours. Horrible Bosses and Meet the Millers. Oh, uh, we're the Millers. Yeah. We're so the then Millers. Mother's Day. <laughs> Meet the Millers is a cookie I made at Christmas time. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So Mother's Day and then Horrible Bosses too. And there's one more. There's one more. Mm. Detroit Rock City. No, it's the rock star. No, it's the one where she. I don't, don't want to give it away. It's um, it's kind of like a policey movie. <laughs> Bounty Hunter. The Bounty Hunter. Yeah. She's in that? With Gerard Butler. So Jason Sudeikis oh, has a supporting uh, role in that? Uh, probably, yeah. Co-starred in that one. <laughs> probably. I haven't done probably, that much I don't research. know. I don't go all crazy. <laughs> Do you guys it. know who, like he's, who he's engaged to? They have a kid, but they're not married. Olivia Wilde. Yeah, so that proves my point about he's unbelievably hot and you don't realize it. And then Olivia Wilde tells you and you go, yeah, you're right. I, I think that's how I'm going to start approaching women. Yeah. Look. You might not realize it. Not yet until Olivia Wilde tells really you. But I'm really good looking. Yeah, ask Olivia <laughs> Wilde. <laughs> you don't realize how good looking I am. <laughs> but I'm going to fill you in right now. You really just sounded like Trump right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's keep the birthday surprises and excitement going for another person from Masterminds, Mr. Zach Galifianakis. He is having quite the week this week. It's his birthday. His Mastermind. Mastermind. Between two Prestons. <laughs> All these great things are happening for him. <laughs> and he it? just turned 47. Yeah. Uh, okay. He could play He's anywhere. He's been around. So yeah. remember he had yeah. a late night talk show a while ago? He might have been the yeah, on the list here. Uh, no, no, like he had an actual uh, late an night actual talk one. show. That was like his big introduction to the world, right? Yeah, and I think it might have been on MTV or late yeah. night Comedy Central before was, there was like a daily show. So it was a long time ago. I yeah. was just going to say he could play anywhere from a lovable loser to unemployed, but I can't say that anymore because in Masterminds, I think for part of this movie, he has a job. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. the uh, Loomis dr- uh, security driver. Yeah, so Armed he's guard driver. Partially employed in this movie until he probably does something really he stupid. He does play unemployed very a well. A lot. Yeah, really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, Zach got his start performing in the back of hamburger joints in Times Square. 
little different than Jason Sudeikis where he got his comedy training, but that prepared him to go and perform in coffee shops and universities around the country because hamburger joints and universities are very similar, right? When he is not performing and acting, though, he has a ranch, uh, like a farm in North Carolina, and he hopes to open a writer's retreat on a completely self-sustained farm. That's where he's from, so he kind of hangs out there. So you have to there. go out and slaughter your own cow and then write 20 pages of script. You have to do your morning pages and then go slaughter a cow. <laughs> now, I have another quiz for you. He's appeared in two films that have been Oscar-nominated for Best Picture. What are they, and which one actually won? What? Yes, he's been oh, in yeah, two. Oh, yeah, he's in Birdman. Yes. Which one? Which one? And then there's another one, which it's a smaller oh, I role. Him. He was in Birdman. Oh, wait, uh... uh it had George Clooney in it. Yeah. Uh, Life of a Dangerous Mind? Seeing Good Night, Good Luck? Nope. Up in the air. Up in the air. Oh. Yes. And I just thought this was kind of cute. A lot of this information I get from IMDb because it's good times to go there and check things out. And this was on there, so I hope it's true. The very first R-rated movie that he saw was Hot Dog the Movie. <laughs> I saw that in, in 1984 in theaters. And he got to go to that by convincing his mom that he was going to see Yentl. <laughs> And so when he got done, he was going to get into the car, and the mom's like, hey, how was Yentl? And he had to cover, and he goes, there not really are people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's brilliant. So Shannon Tweed in her prime. Hot yeah, dog hot dog movie? Can you movie? refresh my memory? It feels us. like I should have seen this on HBO. A skiing time. movie. Skiing, uh, skiing oh. and boobs. Wait a minute. When I used to go skiing, we'd keep our boobs covered up because it was cold. Those are the stupidest slopes to go to. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, but anyway, Bart, I'm glad you're back because I was wondering if you missed all of the celebrity singing that's been going on because you know how much I love when celebrities sing. This is true. People come up to me all the time. Yes. On the street and they say, In hey, Vegas. In Vegas, they say, <laughs> uh, uh, tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe. And I said, well, yeah. she's the one that invented topless skiing. I'm all about it, especially, and, uh, especially when you wipe out. <laughs> then it gets a little brutal. <laughs> and, and the other thing I tell them, of course, is that Karen Volpe loves when celebrities sing. I do. And, you know, this week was kind of tricky because there's Zach Galifianakis. He sang Ave Maria in The Hangover 3 or something like that. And it's beautiful. But it wasn't really funny. It's really good. And then Jason Sudeikis, I got something of him singing in The End of the World or whatever that Last Man, Last on, Man Earth. on Earth. And it was really, really good, too. And then I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with a woman singing this week that had a birthday. She's no longer with us, sadly. But Miss Madeline Kahn... If she were still with us, today would have been her birthday. She would have been 50. She actually passed away when she was 57. She was very young. How? So, yeah, too how young. When did she pass? Like in the 90s. In like the 90s. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Isn't that insane? I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. I was surprised by that, too. I clearly was looking it up going, oh, Madeline Kahn. Then I'm like, oh, sad. It's her birthday today? It is, but okay. I'm going to celebrate it by remembering how great she was. She was actually a trained opera singer, and I was listening to some of her stuff. She was doing some arias online. You can go check it out. She's done a ton of like Broadway stuff. But then that made me appreciate this song even more from Blazing Saddles because she's singing it so well in such a poor way. It's so great. I'm tired, sick. And tired of love I've had my fill of love From below and above I always thought of her as a, like a thinking man's Bernadette Peters in looks. Tired yeah. She can sing like Bernadette yeah. Peters. Tired of love uninspired Let's face it, I'm tired. That's awesome. <laughs> She's fantastic. So remembering a little Madeline Kahn. 
That's a good way to wrap up the movie showcast, and that's a little teaser for Steven, so he can go watch Blazing Saddles for real sometime. Yes, absolutely. He took it with him when he left. Yes. So he's going to go watch I that. I it to him. I did I my also, part. I also want to remind everybody at Western New York, WRFA, that we are going to be coming back in October, and we're going to do a live show, well, a show we're going to tape there, so you can come and watch the show. We'd love to hear from filmmakers in the Western New York area. Please contact us at themovieguys.net. And we would love to talk to you and have you on the film or the show. Yeah. Talking about your film. Uh, together we are the Movie Guys. Individually we are. Mm-hmm. Our Care, follow us on Twitter at the Movie Guys, Facebook.com slash the Movie Guys, iTunes, Instagram, Google Plus, all that stuff. And thanks to Stephen Foster and Steven, Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as ever, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. Next week, the October movies are upon us, including The Girl on the Train, Whoa. this year's Gone Girl type movie with Girl in the title. And a couple other movies as well, but that's the one I'm that's really excited be great. about. That's we'll see really you then. Best rehearsal ever. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather.